Two weeks ago, I asked people for their feedback on Twitter on the things they liked about the game and things that infuriated them. While the specific issues were very diverse, the underlying patterns were really quite similar. Here I will try to summarize the essence of the feedback and see if we can find an interesting alternative point of view as to explain the experiences that you have expressed and also to sort of conceptualize them. We're going to go layer by layer and first look at the underlying principles that people have expressed with their tweets and then peel away and see where this might lead us. And I'll give you my interpretation of admittedly very limited data sets probably also very tainted and that is probably under just heavy selection bias because in order to follow me on twitter you need to be a quite dry person probably and have an admiration for excel spreadsheets or the internal now for this purpose i created a graphic and i took the liberty to interpret user feedback just a little bit This episode is graphic-assisted, but for the listeners of the podcast, I will try to make sure that you get the meaning through only listening, though the graphic is always available in the description. It's a mind map of patterns, and the size of the font represents the approximate amount of feedback of this very type. So if you have five people people liked close matches, that font is bigger than... For instance, the the idea of playing with friends that was only mentioned three times. Now, this I will hopefully also do a good job mentioning to uh, just audio listeners, just that the frequency I'll try to find fit in adjectives here. So let's start by dividing them into the positive and the negative parts, just like the question was posed. And I'll bring up the graphic here. A lot of them are actually opposites. And that in itself is not very surprising. So here we have your Overwatch experience. And as every representation of that kind should, we start with the good parts. So a lower number of people said that they liked playing with friends. Some of you said uh, feeling like you're having an impact. A lot of the feedback was that they liked fair and close matches. They liked having flexible teammates, but not that much. Uh, beating people with the perception of being more skilled. That was, you know, that wasn't explicitly said, of course, but that was the underlying principles that was the most mentioned, uh, I would say, as with the same amounts about uh, with close and fair matches. And that is, so the beating of people with, the perception of having played better is both true for outsmarting others. That can be through hero picks, some people mentioned, but also having superior mechanics and just, you know, both the outsmarting, the better understanding of strategy and tactics, as well as having better mechanics. That is something that people liked and also having the feeling of deserving it, deserving it here. Uh, people liked when uh, everyone made an effort, though not that Frequently, people liked when there was great coordination, so that probably sums it up under teamwork. That was represented fairly often. People like having ultimate combos, and I guess I can zoom in for the video viewers. People like ultimate combos, and also some of you like protecting others, which also makes sense to me because I myself enjoy playing support and tank quite a lot. 
Then another pillar of the good part was certainly solid communication, which once again also feeds a little bit into the coordination, I suppose. But yeah, I think that was enough to warrant a specific point or a point that wasn't part of great coordination. Just being able to communicate with your team was quite an important part. And I will say that is for me personally also an obstacle that I often observe in uh, solo queue games. In Europe, now with the good things mentioned, let's move over to the bad things. And there we have three big patterns, I would say, even though two really only matter. And the first big pattern that we observe is that a lot of people are have not have not met their expectations of the game by the game current game design. So what could that mean? So unmet expectations is something like you expected Overwatch to be something, but it is not. And here we have to also divide into things that the game was once and not is anymore, and the things that you expect from a game like Overwatch. So if you hear it's an FPS game, you expect as much. Aspects that people mentioned were they don't like the pace of the game, especially if people played very defensively, they wanted action. Some people mentioned that they were undesirable meta compositions. So if your expectation of Overwatch was to quickly switch between comps and counter comp constantly, which admittedly it was advertised as, then we got to say, yes, most of the time that is only really true a limited amount of times in solo queue i would be very shocked if the the amount of switches that a player makes per round on average was higher than two on in a given rank game just on average so of course once again undesirable meta compositions here mentioned are goats because it's very present and a lot of recency here but also builder comps were not desired by user feedback. We have that perceived low skill actions were rewarded. So some people were just outright saying uh, they don't like Doomfist because it's very cheap. Here I urge you to have feedback that is more pointed. Really observe in yourself what is cheap about the character because you're not describing the character design itself or the the you know, the cool story behind Doomfist, what you're really saying is, okay, there are certain aspects of his kit, so for instance, maybe the right-click, that feel cheap to me, that kill people or one-shot kill people too often, then you sh should probably be a little more ma more exact here and ex express that feeling. Now, people also talked against environmental kills. I think we see here generally a great divide because... Uh, I think generally people who don't aim as well probably like that aspect because it's more about outsmarting. But that's fair. If your expectation is that you should out-aim and not outsmart, then then that is probably one thing that you could be upset about because that is generally, if we think of FPS games, rather seldom the case. One-shots was certainly one aspect that was mentioned quite often. That is also true for... Uh, it sort of mixes here into the Doomfist right clicks. Doesn't really matter too much. Was decently mentioned decently often, actually. Now, 
with the unmet expectations sort of meta topic now finished we move over into helplessness and that seems to be a prevailing feeling in the overwatch experience as you've expressed that to me and also as i find it in myself so one of the biggest topics was certainly that there are throwers and here we have to differentiate between people who intentionally throw and people who soft throw by not complying with the rest of the team certainly probably a lot of people said throwers or mix them in with people who pick off meta picks though that in itself is not the problem i think it's more about this being the diametrically opposite of having teammates that make an effort and throwers feel like that those are players who don't make an effort very few of men you mentioned snowball feeling but a lot of you then again mentioned a lack of communication and this is once again the opposite of solid communication so people hated it when nobody was communicating and it felt like here once again and that's why i grouped it into the helplessness part if nobody's talking and you're the only one in voice this was a feeling that was often expressed that this is infuriating because overwatch is so much about team play that <coughs> communication allows you to at least influence others in your group a little bit and it feels more that you're in control but while this communication is completely lacking that's a problem and then if your team doesn't inform you on information that only they could have because they had a certain angle or they were looking at a character or they just saw someone use an ability that is something that should be relayed to you but wasn't and therefore your play couldn't be optimal and that submits a sort of feeling of helplessness now what people also mentioned is a lack of co uh, coordination and here they mentioned time wasting so you you still try to win the fight even though you're three men down on 2cp you're probably not going to win it on attack um the the idea of lemmings was mentioned sort of i think twice where you're not grouped fully yet on attack for instance and you're still running in and just feeding all charge to the defending team really not getting anything done and then also people dying on flanks where it feels like a um, a different scenario where people don't participate in team play and on the dying on flanks part i later on have a sort of idea a concept that will then hopefully develop into an interesting idea where overwatch is very different from other games people hated a loss of character control so if you, if you were cc'd of course <coughs> and i will actually i have to fairly say either a lot of people here are in, in my on my twitter followers are very high ranked or you are being dragged in by the the high level of play uh twitch clips because i will say it is not my experience that at medium or or low elo that a lot of people chain ccs that doesn't actually happen that often because not a lot of team play happens here and the the general feeling even though that now we also have to say just one cc and loss of character control can make you feel helpless so if you're a, a tracer and the mccree stuns you well ideally you would say well he outskilled me because i don't need to be in his range but uh it can feel 
unempowering, so really helpless. I think there are better examples um, such as, well, for instance, a Reinhardt charges, but you lose your boobs to Reinhardt in the last mi second into your direction. You have no way to sort of escape from that. And that can make it feel very powerless indeed. Some people mentioned uh, hard counters, not too many though. I also think, especially as a solo queue experience, that is actually not even that true, depending on the elo you're playing. Now, the one, number one thing that people mentioned here is a feeling that you lack personal impact. And that is very interesting. So two things could be happening here. On the one hand, it might be the case that Overwatch actually puts the game's outcome less in the hands of people, or there's something about Overwatch that makes it feel like you have less impact. Because keep in mind, once again, we do have players that consistently come up the ladder and also it, within their ELO quite distinguish themselves from others in that ELO. So we have to ask how different is it actually uh, here with um, than in other games, right? So theoretically, yes, it could definitely be the case that Overwatch allows the player also be playing 6v6, not 5v5, but if, that it feels like we're having individually less impact on the outcome of the game. But it could also just be something in the intrinsic properties of the game that makes it feel to us that we are not having impact. Now, this nicely then channels into a thing that also people talked about, which is a lack of performance evaluation tools, which most of the time, fair enough, I think this should actually be a little bit bigger. So scoreboards, I think I saw it mentioned four times that people would have liked to have scoreboards and more detailed stats in general, just a better feedback in terms of how they play. Because sometimes you get, go out of the game and while you might rationally think or rationalize to yourself that you actually played quite well, the feeling of it might not be the same. You might be very confused if you could have done something better. Obviously, that depends on the type of person you are. But then again... It is something that is lacking in comparison to other games. So this is definitely a point we need to look out for now that we have gone through all the points. So these were the major points that you guys mentioned on Twitter as problems um, you saw or good things you saw with the game. So now let's get into the interpretation. And <coughs> here we'll say the following. The first thing that is quite interesting is that a lot of the issues that we face seem to be, um, give me a second while I fix this, seem to be social. Now I switched the graphic here. If you're look, uh, listening to the podcast, that's not too problematic because I will be calling him out here. So all the red circled ones here, which is playing with friends, and then also flexible teammates, everyone making an effort, great coordination, solid communication, throwers, lacking communication, levers, lack of coordination, are all problems we have socially with the game. This depends on people within our game that then taint the experience. 
And overall, I think, if I have it right, 42% of the people mentioned this as a bad thing about Overwatch. While just a little bit less, I think something 30-something people mentioned that this was a good thing if it went right with Overwatch. If there was the synergy and you guys could be playing together and that was a fun experience. So... We have to ask ourselves here, what is the nature of Overwatch really? And is it necessarily something that we possibly attracted the wrong crowd, whatever that may be? Or if it's just something that within Overwatch that makes Overwatch more straining and makes people want to, you know, team play less? Or it might just be that these are very comparable, but it feels like you need more co- coordination, more team play in order to succeed, and that might be a problem. So maybe we as a crowd, as an esports or like a game community are just more sensitive. That is possible. Maybe we are not as used to the online um, vitriol that is spewing from all sides. Maybe we're not as accustomed to. Maybe that's Overwatch is your first multiplayer real esports experience where it all trickles down. It's rather unlikely, but I personally th- think that this is not the case. I don't think Overwatch is more toxic, if you want to use that word, than the other games such as CSGO and League of Legends. I think that is probably not true. Now, it might be the case that being just the same amount of toxic is worse for Overwatch than in other games. And if we think of games like League of Legends, they don't even have, for instance, voice chat. So, or had for the longest time. I'm not sure what the current status quo is, but that was a thing they they didn't want to do for the longest time. And to be fair, with the I, I feel was less needed than it is in Overwatch. Now... <clears throat> at least as a solo queue experience or team queue experience, not necessarily as a competitive mode or the esports experience. I think that's about the same. Now, it might also be the case that we all have the same properties of crowds, the same demographics play Overwatch like the other games, and that might all be the same. But maybe there's something inherently about Overwatch that makes us more mad. That is possible. It could be something about cognitive strain. It could be something like there's very little pause in Overwatch, very little idle time. In Overwatch, if you're dead, I think most people would be thinking of A, what did I do wrong? B, what is my teammate currently doing? C, what is the ultimate status of the other teams? How can I come back? What do I have to look out for? Though the last part, I'm not too sure how many people consider this. So the constant action could just trigger something in us that makes us more wild, makes us more unforgiving towards other people's shortcomings. Um, So here we really have to find very accurate tools. We would have to be much more granular in our feedback and really express or track where these annoying moments come from. This cannot be done by Twitter uh, and like feedback but would probably have to be almost done in a lab where you track like emotions of people of a representative crowd just playing Overwatch 
and seeing what what are the trigger points of really bad behavior in people, which I admittedly also have triggered in me and try my best to keep away, though I think there are extra strains within Europe coming from uh, different languages going in there that makes it a hard experience. Now also keep in mind that, and I'll actually focus on this here, that team play in Overwatch is something that is very Blizzard, I would say. So if you look at the multiplayer experiences that Blizzard has created in the last couple of years, namely uh, World of Warcraft, certainly um, Heroes of the Storm, these games rely less on individual skill, but more on team play. Because I think in WoW, developers realize that if you achieve something with a group of people that wasn't previously thought possible for you, this, and they call, I think they even scientifically call it epic win, in the group feels amazing. So if you're downing a boss in WoW, this is something that if you rate it and rate it progress, you remember these great defeats of, after long strains. And that feels very rewarding. Now in Overwatch, the problem is you're pugging pretty much all the time. The, the social features that would allow a lot of people to play, and I would think that probably 95% of the play in Overwatch that is done is probably done in groups lower than three. So do queues may be a little bit more frequent, but most of it would be solo queue. That <coughs> this is just not uh, an experience that is comparable here. It's also a problem that probably hampered the growth of Heroes of the Storm as a game that it had so much reliance on team play. And the helplessness aspect, I think, is undervalued. What it stems from, we don't know, but I, I hardly think this is a an involuntary design decision by Blizzard themselves. Now, we also can say that these epic wins, we are actually... If you don't take Overwatch serious, and we see this a lot on our Overwatch, if these gameplay, silly gameplay moments happen where something unexpected happens, that seems to be this essence that a lot of more casual people love, while the hardcore crowd hates it. It is something between order and chaos, and there's great fun in, in chaos, but there's great satisfaction in order, and Overwatch just tends to, individually at least, horror a little bit more on the chaos side. Now, we go into the interpretation of the sense of helplessness here. So, <clears throat> I would pose the, the, these, uh, the hypothesis that the perception of what constitutes a personal win in Overwatch is different than it is, for instance, in CSGO or League of Legends. Or even also Fortnite. So in League of Legends, your win, your personal win is compartmentalized, if you want, in your lane. It feels like a sort of really a lane. It's your lane. And as long as you win on CS, as long as you feel like you're outplaying your opponent, there is a certain individual reward structure that yes might be disrupted by junglers coming in so for those who have not never played a MOBA junglers are players who don't inhabit one of the top middle or bottom lanes but rather 
kill the creeps in the jungle between those lanes and try to impact the lanes themselves. And it's kind of harder to uh, to find out when they are coming. That this might, with the exception of jungle, sort of adding a sense of uncertainty into it. By winning my lane, even though I lost the game, yes, I might still feel some negative emotions here, but I at least have an idea if I did well, if I I made my team lose the match, even though that might not necessarily be the objective truth, but it might be my subjective truth, which I can hold on to and give me satisfaction. Now, in, in CS, the same thing happens is if you hold a side, so there's a bomb spot A, a bomb spot B, and most of the time there's a rotating player in the middle. If you're one of the people <coughs> who holds their side down and does so successfully, gets one or two kills, especially if you're um, on uh, T side and you get two kills, you're almost, you, you have a feeling of great impact for your team. And even if you then lose the round, it, you feel more rewarded. The individual reward is much more real than if, if when you're in Overwatch, you, you aren't on 2CP, for instance, you're attacking, you're the widow, you get two picks. That really doesn't feel like I'm having a huge impact on the game because I know I need to start, uh, like, continue develop or sh chugging out these kills because the respawn advantage will make it so that more is required of me than is from the other team. And the feeling of, yes, I got those two kills, but it's it's too immediate. The feedback that I lost the fight because of my teammates is overwhelming. I, can't, I don't have time to enjoy my personal success. Is maybe something that if I closely look at myself, and this certainly is an interpretation, don't get me wrong here, this is nothing that came directly from the data, this is my thoughts. That might be one of those cases. Now, it's also, of course, here we come back to the scoreboard thing. It might be <coughs> that Overwatch is just bad at giving you feedback on your individual contribution. And here's something where it does it well. For instance, the card system, I think it's quite revolutionary in terms of what it does because it highlights these, these singular stats. And it's great in that department because of the scarcity of that thing and having a card feels better than being rewarded in some other sense and the play of the game uh, aspect as well is like you're being elevated past the other players well at the same time this does not do anything for the people that maybe haven't have played quite well in all regards and therefore haven't gotten a card because being 80% in all regards won't get you a card while being 100%, for instance, in damage, will get you card most of the time. So the people that overspend in one area, for instance, aggression, and also like just soak up a lot of resources, will be rewarded, and a sort of negative feedback loop will be created. And the, the immediate feedback is really not that visible, and it is also quite confusing to really take in all the kill feed information. And therefore, quite often... If you die or have someone die around you, the immediate thing that people do in Overwatch is see the last thing they see in their kill cam or around them and blame the person that did something wrong in that very moment because there's simply not enough time, enough feedback to really accurately assess what a person did in this respective team fight. 
Now, what could we do about this? Not necessarily as a suggestion, but what is something that people requested? And it is, of course, the scoreboard. Now, I will tell you, I think the idea of a scoreboard is pretty good. I also will tell you that it is a staple in FPS. I will also tell you, though, that the idea that we can have a vanilla scoreboard in Overwatch is patently untrue and will give you bad feedback once again and will possibly, if we just introduce the vanilla uh, scores from FPS games such as kills or death or assists, this will not give you enough feedback and it will lead to more toxicity than real high p-value metrics, which I will mention now. So, for instance, the first thing I think that Overwatch would need to implement, and I will talk about this in a different type of content, hopefully soon, I will sit down with some statistical experts and and uh, pick their brain about these ideas I'm about to mention. But the first thing I think that is extremely important is that Blizzard sets an objective, or rather a their definition of what constitutes a fight. Now, if you followed this channel, you will remember that I mentioned quite often that Winston's Lab defines the, uh, a fight as it starts when the first kill happens, and in 15 seconds after a kill happened, no other kill happened, then the fight is over. Other than that, if, if a kill happens within these 15 seconds, the 15-second 15, 15 timer once again starts up. Now, that doesn't have to be the only definition, and if you have API access, I'm sure you can come up with better ones, but we need one. But why do we need one? Well, it would allow for metrics that are really much more telling and much easier to absorb for people and also much more fair to give accurate um, feedback to the players and see on the fly where changes would need to be made. So one thing, if you have the kill definition, is certainly first kill and first first death in teamfights. So if you have someone in your solo queue game that is first death 50% of the t- of the fights, they're, depending on their role, especially if it's, let's say, a Widowmaker, there's no reason for her to be on there. There are maybe a fraction of the matches, let's say less than 1%, where this person is possibly, you know, creating less, uh, more value by just being an obstacle. It's very unlikely, but let's be honest right here. We would have something like old usage in fights and win rates. We would have uh, more general information. So, for instance, the participation amount of fights. So when people, like, who started the fight? Were you even in six, uh, all six together? You could do the line of sight. You see where I'm going with this. But to really, you know, pick away at the social features that we have, the social problems here, and also, also the perceived helplessness. I hope I gave you some ideas to uh, go on with this and uh, thank you for listening.